Hello, and welcome to Core Sampler, the podcast where we drill into the Sitecore community to bring you insights into the work talented people are doing every day on the Sitecore experience platform. Whether you're a developer, a marketer, or both, we're glad you're here. And now your host, Derek Dysart. Welcome to Core Sampler. My name is Derek Dysart, and in this episode, we are talking with Phil Wickland and Jason Wilkerson. Uh, guys, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having us, Derek. Really appreciate it. Yeah, nice to be on. So uh, the reason why I got you guys on, you guys, uh, you guys wrote a book. There's not many. Uh, if you if you've been doing Sitecore development for quite a while, uh, there aren't many uh, aren't many books out there. And that's one of the reasons we wrote it. <laughs> I was going to say that probably segues in. Now, now, Phil, you have you have a previous book that it had come out uh, dealing with Sitecore. Isn't that correct? Yeah, it came out about a year ago. That one's more focused uh, from the marketer's perspective, okay. where this one is really taking it from the developer's perspective. So they're, they're kind of sister books of each other. Okay. So, I mean, before we kind of dive into the new one here, what, what are some of the kind of the topics that you, you see in kind of your previous book? Yeah, it's called Practical Psychore 8 Strategy. And it really focuses on, you know, from a marketer's perspective, what are the capabilities of Psychore and how do they start using them? Because uh, that's one of the things we've noticed, you know, at RBA is that a lot of people buy the platform, but only use it as a content management system. And uh, so I kind of wrote that book to try to help people, you know, find more value out of the platform. So thinking along the lines of personalization, uh, multivariate testing, engagement plans, engagement plans, all the campaign management, and those kinds of pieces. Nice. Yeah. So that's kind of the focus there. Nice. No, so like, like as you said, that that seems kind of focused on marketers. So, what what kind of drove focusing on developers? Well, I can kind of start because uh, Jason has a couple more years of Sitecore experience than I do. I got started a, a couple years ago, and I, you know, there's a lot of Sitecore development material out there. It's just not arranged in a kind of A to Z format. And as somebody coming up to speed, you know, I had a I had a pretty strong ASP.NET background, but uh, I was really looking for the where do I get started? You know, give me the newbie. You know, where's the for dummies book yeah. uh, for Sitecore? And there just wasn't one. Uh, so I went to training, and training was good, but it was still on web forums and uh, uh, some of those legacy techniques. And and that's when Jason and I got together and like, there's just nothing out here that really spells it out soup to nuts. Yeah. Starting from how do you know how do I install it and how do I op- you know create my my own Visual Studio solution to actually start customizing it because John West had a uh, has a book out there that you know written a few years ago that uh, is is a, a great piece of material for those that just finished training right but it's really again it kind of picks up and assumes some Sitecore experience. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that we really, you know, when we started this book, we wanted to assume no Sitecore experience sure. because, I mean, to be honest, we've got, you know, I get questions all the time from people saying, hey, how can I get started? Where can I, you know, just kind of on my own time start to learn about this Sitecore thing? Uh-huh. And uh, and I say, well, you know, there's like Phil said, there's a, there's a, videos, there's a maybe. ton of content out there, but you got to know who the blog authors are and you got to know what the YouTube channel is. So you got to know what to search for. And even then you're going to find it in piecemeal format. Yeah. It's, I was going to say it is, I mean, there is no shortage of people putting out that, that sort of content, but it, like, like you said, it's, it's, it's all over the place. It's, 
you know, some, some YouTube channels, uh, some people, you know, producing some really in-depth presentations, some just, you know, kind of over overviews. Um, yeah. yeah, it's definitely, it's, I guess it is, it is daunting kind of where to, where to start. So the book was kind of written from a standpoint of assuming no psych knowledge, I guess where, you know, I, I guess what is kind of the, the prerequisites uh, coming into, you know, for, for someone to pick it up? I would say, I mean, it, it's not for the newbie developer. I mean, you, you need some experience um, with ASP.NET and pr- preferably with MVC. Okay. We do have um, in chapter three, I believe. Chapter four. Chapter four, sorry. All the chapters moved around during the writing process a little bit. <laughs> but, uh, but in chapter four, we do talk about, you know, kind of more basic principles of MVC, uh, just native MVC and what it is, how it works, things like that. Yeah. But I mean, the, the level that we eventually get to in chapters five and six, you really need to, to have some, some, you know, a few years of development experience in general to get the most out of the book. But for, as far as Sitecore, I mean, we start in chapter one with, Here's how you install it with the EXE, with SIM. Um, yeah, SIM being the Sitecore Instance Manager. Right. Yes. Right. And if, if for folks listening in, if you're, if you're not familiar with it, it's an excellent tool that allows you to um, not only install Sitecore, you can actually install Sitecore and have it install a base set of modules in, in mm-hmm. almost like a one-click fashion. Uh, it's a tool, yeah, it's and, a tool and, that hasn't come up on the podcast before, but I know it's, it's. I think if you look, it's either usually one or two on the on Cycle Marketplace for downloads in terms of, in terms of um, availability. Yeah, it's it's certainly uh, the tool of choice that that we use for installing Sitecore, just because it's got uh, the kind of the advanced settings uh, place, so you can put in some. You know, you can customize how the ins- the base install goes, and then, like you said, you can have all the post install steps where it, it installs modules for you, like PowerShell extensions or web forms for marketers or uh, things like that. And you can throw in some other customization steps. And I think there's even a whole bunch of community uh, extensions out there for uh, for you know deleting all the sample content you know, the, the home node sample content and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's definitely our go-to for how we install Sitecore. Yeah. And if I remember, somebody once told me, I think the history of it was, it was originally written by someone in Sitecore support, um, since they would get support tickets, uh, and have to replicate a customer's environment rather quickly, uh, including kind of dependent modules. And then it got released and it's kind of, like you said, it's extensible now. So there's, there's, almost a, a, a whole community of extensions for it. And the other, the other handy thing for developers at least is um, being able to completely export a Sitecore installation. So you got a new developer on board. In fact, I'm just starting a new project now and um, I got a request from someone else like, Hey, can you uh, take your dev environment and do a SIM export of it? And, and when you do the export, you kind of pick, yeah, I want uh, I want to export both the core and the master database. I think you can export the web database, but that's always kind of you can always rebuild that via publish. Um, so right. it's a handy tool, and then somebody can just use that tool again to reconstitute that. So it's interesting. I mean, I, I guess it's surprised it hasn't come up on the podcast so far, but it yeah. is uh, uh, definitely a tool folks should be aware of. Yeah, and we don't we don't really go into uh, all of those advanced features. Sure. Um, in, uh, with SIM in the book, uh, we kind of stick to the install. Uh-huh. 
But, uh, but yeah, it is a really powerful tool that, that can do a lot of things. Yeah. So, I mean, kind of getting back to the book where, I mean, obviously you kind of served as a, as a big broad overview of kind of how to get started on Sitecore. But I, I, if, if you're a Sitecore developer, as you guys have worked with, with other developers, where do you, where do you see Sitecore developers commonly kind of struggle with the platform? What are, you know, and, and, and how did that kind of play into what, uh, what you guys authored into the book? Well, part of it is Sitecore you know, deployments can get huge and complex over time. And we've noticed that a lot of people struggle with how do you deal with the code rot that inevitably starts to take place with large, complex deployments. So that's part of the strategy of the book is while it starts with the beginners in mind, it certainly ends with more advanced concepts. And so we spend uh, several chapters just on thinking through patterns, practices, best practices uh, to help maintain a healthy, just a clean code over time. And, and so that, that's one approach we take. And one area where we see a lot of people struggle is just designing a, a clean solution and maintaining that cleanliness uh, over time. Yeah. And, and one of the things we do is we start off with your typical kind of hello world, uh, you know, here's your first component kind of kind of thing. But throughout the, the process of the book, and one of the things that I think is going to be the most helpful for people is we, as we, you know, write a component, for instance, of view rendering, and then we talk about the pros and cons of view renderings and then talk about what's the next step. So we go to controller renderings and then we, we just kind of progress through taking just the native Sitecore API approach uh, to, you know, put you know, displaying content and accessing content. But then we, we talk about, okay, well, how can we make this better? And we eventually take that initial kind of hello worldy type intro all the way down to a full modular architecture uh, you, based on Helix and, uh, and kind of refactoring the solution and, and all of that kind of stuff. So we, it's, it's really kind of a, a step-by-step process almost. That's interesting because I think, you know, as I've talked to, uh, you know, folks at user groups and so forth that, you know, as people try and get their head around Helix, it's always been a challenge. In fact, I was just seeing this discussion in, in the Slack community recently of, you know, it, it is a challenge to figure out how do I wrap my head around something and figure out where is, you know, is this a, is this a, a feature or is this a foundation object? Uh, where, where does this stuff belong? And not just from the dependency standpoint of just like, how do I, how do I break this down uh, into all the individual components? I think that's definitely useful information. Yeah, I think uh, there's really there's no wrong answer, I guess, um, on on how you break break up features uh, because there's there's so many ways you can arrange things. But uh, you know, like you were saying, it, it's kind of the best way to to control that dependency flow is really kind of the the main thing. Uh, that that Helix offers you is controlling that dependency flow and and keeping things separated. Sure, sure, yeah, and it's. I mean, I think the the, the vision is good. Um, it is. Uh, you know, it, it it's. I know talking to Thomas Englum, the one of the one of the founders of that kind of vision. Um, you know, the idea is to reduce a lot of the recovery projects, if you will, or you know, so there, there's a con- everybody's working from a common framework talking about people new to the Sitecore platform, a lot of people coming from other content management systems, say like Kentico or something, are, are often surprised that there is no kind of 
standard .NET solution that you would launch in Visual Studio as the base for your project. There was you know very little guidance given mm-hmm. at all from from Sitecore. So seeing Sitecore do that, and then the combination of, of you guys actually walking through and, and consolidating that information, I think is definitely uh, something that's been sorely needed within the community uh, or developers tr- just trying to, whether you've been working with Sitecore for a while or maybe you've just, you know, you've been part of a Sitecore project, but not, uh, you know, haven't been uh, completely steeped in it for, for years. It's, it, it's often a challenge. Um, talk a little bit about kind of, I see there are some chapters on looking at front end development versus uh, kind of the, the, the back end development, I guess. Where did you, where did you guys kind of see this split, especially for, you know, somebody that might be a, a front end developer coming to have to develop a, a solution for, that's going to run on Sitecore? Yeah, it's, it's a good point. I mean, so the book doesn't stop at Helix. It continues into, you know, other uh, principles like generics and inversion of control. And, and like you mentioned, front-end development uh, best practices too. So we, we talk quite a bit about um, CSS best practices, uh, minification and, and gulp and those kinds of things to help you do that. We talk a little bit about AngularJS, you know, because websites these days are really web applications with more and more of that complexity being moved to the client side. And so we have a little bit there. We're talking about how to use Angular to call back into uh, Sitecore for data refreshes and so forth. Chapter 11 then gets into some of the experience editor stuff. How do you extend the experience editor uh, to make it so that marketers can get most of their work done there. So we do try to cover those patterns and best practices holistically from, you know, all vantage points as possible. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of developers kind of look at, you know, even if you've, you've got the mindset of I've, I've bought into kind of modern UX, uh, I've taken the user experience, um, taking that very seriously and working on a site that, for instance, for the the end customer that's visiting the site, it's going to have a good experience. But there's you, you almost have two customers when you're developing a Sitecore site. You've got you know, the end client, the, the the consumer of the website, but then you've got the content editor as well of being able to edit that content and um, have that be an experience, whether whether they're using the experience editor or or you know custom functionality in the back end of Sitecore. That's um, you know, one that may that might get overlooked from time to time of a developer may not necessarily have them front of mind because um, right. a lot of times they're they're just focused on trying to get that front end experience for the kind of the site visitor. Yeah, so we have a whole chapter dedicated just to that experience editor, and we want to do best practices even for you know internal stakeholders, not just uh, our customers. Or site visitors. Yeah. And then I guess one other chapter that kind of stands out that I think is is something that even experienced developers and architects have trouble with, or at least in, in recent years is, is, is gotten better, is, is looking at doing unit testing. Why don't you talk a little bit about the, the your unit testing chapter? Yeah, so uh, so I'm a, I'm a big uh, unit testing fanatic. Uh, I, I beat the war drum here at RBA for, for unit testing. And it it's it's so important and so critical for especially large projects uh, to have confidence in what, that what you're delivering is actually you know good code that that's that's you know going to catch the 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 most obvious errors the soonest so that you can so that it's it's cheaper and easier to to fix them and things like that but 
you know, what we talk about in the book, it, it's historically very difficult to to unit test Psychor, as you know, and as probably most everybody that's going to be listening to this podcast understand, it's, it's very difficult to unit test Psychor. And they are making huge strides uh, in in abstracting some, you know, some of the, the old static, you know, legacy static methods and, and things like that, but offering some abstraction around it. But really what we focus on is we focus on just following solid principles and, you know, following those solid principles and, uh, and designing your software the way you would, whether you were using Sitecore or not. So, you know, we kind of go the, the abstraction way. So we, you know, we've got Sitecore so far down in our architecture Uh that we can, we can unit test probably 80% of our code without even touching Sitecore. You know, we just use standard mocking frameworks um, you know, the, my, my framework of choice is mock MOQ. Uh, we use auto fixture for, um, you know, for dummying up some data and things like that. We do go into, uh, Sitecore fake DB uh-huh. and talk about how that can, uh, you know, we don't spend a ton of time on it, but we do talk about how that can help you with testing things that are much more difficult to abstract away. Uh, testing pipelines and you know pipeline processors and things like that. So testing your code calling into the Sitecore API. Yeah. So, I mean, we, uh, yeah, I mean, we, that's really what we're doing is we're because all of the chapters up to leading up to the unit testing chapter, we're all about kind of design and best practices. It really led into chapter seven, which says. Okay, now that we've now that we've got this you know nicely designed piece of software, here's how easy it is to test it now because we've kind of gone through all of that abstraction and all that design work up front. So now it's really easy to to test the code that we're writing without having to fight Sitecore or without having to do a ton of setup with you know fake DB and, and things like that. So. And just like the rest of the book, it starts with somebody who has no testing experience. Uh-huh. You know, it starts by explaining why unit tests, because I think you can't you can't even assume that everybody is sold on unit testing. Um, and so we start with some of the you know the ROI behind it. We introduce what it is. We do some very very basic tests to kind of paint a picture for how it works. Uh, we do formal introductions of of mock and auto fixture as some kind of complementary tools so that by the end of the chapter, we are unit testing our controllers. We're unit testing our service layer and we're unit testing our repositories really on top of that kind of foundational introductory information so that the, the reader really can understand it better. I agree a hundred percent that I think having that, that bringing the, bringing the reader on that journey of, Okay, here's here's why this matters, um, and, and, uh, at least establishing that, and then going through of actually where the rubber meets the road. I think a, uh, oftentimes you'll see materials either lie really rely heavily on one side or another. Um, yeah. It'll be you know they'll be like, oh, here's why you should do unit testing, and then they don't explain how to do it, or they explain how to do it, and they're kind of like, well, why why should I even care about that? So I think having that 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 end to end discussion in the book is, is definitely valuable. And, yeah. um, you know, it's often good, even if you're sold, uh, it, you know, you're sold on unit testing kind of, it works really well to go through and, and kind of review that it, it, to especially 
know where you guys are coming from, uh, what your mindset is in terms of, you know, why, why should we care about, about unit testing? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, one of the things that, uh, I think there actually is an example of this in, in the in the book as we go through the testing is one of the most important thing of, of unit testing is finding design flaws as or, or improving your design as you go along. So I think there's one step in the book where I go to write a unit test against a, a controller that we had written in a previous previous example. Uh-huh. And I find that, oh, I forgot to abstract this or something like that. So it kind of illustrates you know, one of the largest benefits of, of unit testing is helping you improve your design as you're designing the software. So I'm going to step back a bit. And so I think folks, if, if they've been paying attention, uh, definitely probably are sold on the book. And I think I'll ask the, the, I don't know if it's a difficult question or not, but like, why, why should I care about you two in terms of, uh, what do you guys know about Sitecore? I guess what is, where, what is kind of your background and, and how long have you been working with Sitecore? Well, I'll, I'll start with that. Um, you know, my background is in just custom application development. Uh, I've been doing this for almost 20 years. Uh, doing a, a range of web before MVC and, uh, things like that. And then I spent a number of years as a WPF developer, okay. uh, you know, doing windows, uh, you know, windows applications and things like that. So, and then got back into the web, you know, web development, um, arena a few years ago. Um, well, more than a few years ago, but, uh, <laughs> you know, kind of getting back into that and, you know, I, I guess I've been working with Sitecore now for three and a half years, okay. three years, something like that. Uh-huh. Um, and kind of apply, and, and that, that's one of the things that I think, you know, is is unique to people that haven't been working with Sitecore since version five. You know, is is you're bringing you're bringing the perspective of not that historical, uh, you know, kind of baggage from how you've just always done things in Sitecore. Yeah, you guys aren't covering XSL renderings, I, w- I would guess, in the book. <laughs> no, we 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 left that one out. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, you know, but it's, it's bringing that just how you dev- how you architect enterprise level solutions, you know, sure. and bringing that perspective to Sitecore. You know, that so that, that's kind of, I think, as you put it, why people should care about me. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, well, and it's, know, it's, it's not just you saying that, too. I guess I, I missed in the introduction, but you are a Sitecore MVP. So I, yes. it's, it's Sitecore has recognized that, yeah, Jason does know what he's talking about uh, when it comes to it. How about you, Phil? Yeah. So on the other hand, I'm in, I've been doing technology work for 15 years or so. I, I really got started in more of the portal space, so customer portals, vendor portals. Kind of my core background is, is software engineering, computer science was my undergrad, but I've applied that more in the business analysis side of the house. So I've I have an MBA. I've been doing a lot of digital marketing uh, the past uh, four or five years. That's kind of the reason why I started with that the marketer book. Uh-huh. That's kind of more my core passion. Sure. Uh, I partnered with this book with Jason for real good reason. He's an MVP and a hardcore software engineer. So as we partnered on it, uh, he I wrote all the words and he wrote all the code. Uh, so that's kind of how the the breakdown between us goes. So if, if so, if you see typos, it's Phil's fault, and if you if the steps are wrong, it's Jason's fault. <laughs> yeah, the code doesn't compile. You can call Jason. Right. <laughs> right. Nice, nice. But I think that 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 perspective is is really good because I think as developers, we may get really focused on the world that we live in, and you know we're you know looking to make sure that the code compiles. But you you 
it's nice to have that that to be able to step back and and get that that perspective of the marketer and and knowing that uh, kind of knowing what my end user is going to be like and what what are the the, the pains that they're going through um, right. and trying to do their job. Well, and I think too the you know listeners should understand that. And even if Jason and I only have two three years of Cycler experience, we have an awesome uh, tech review team. Uh, we also have a contributor. So between the uh, the six of us, I mean, this is not just Phil and Jason here. This was six uh, people, and I'm sure combined there's 50 years of Psychor experience when you add up uh, all the cast of characters involved. And, you know, like we talked about in the beginning here, there's a ton of information out there. We're not taking credit for inventing anything new in sure. this book. Uh, and we even write this in the acknowledgments of the book that we acknowledge the Psychor community's involvement in making this possible. Um, I think we all can pat ourselves on the back uh, in, in that in that respect. Yeah, there's just so much out there to draw from, and we'd be lying if we unplugged from the internet for 12 months as we went down into a cave and came out with a book. Obviously, that's not how this works these days. Oh no, and and there's there's plenty of shout outs to. To, to other people and, and blog posts. So uh, one other thing we wanted to do is we wanted to give a shout out to some people that, that helped make this book uh, a whole lot better than just me and Phil could have done it is, uh, you know, Michael West contributed chapter 10 on PowerShell extensions. That was a, that was a huge contribution and we really appreciate that. And then the, the we had three tech reviewers on the book. We had Mike Reynolds uh, tech reviewed a, a handful of chapters Camrose Jaman uh, from the UK, uh, tech reviewed a, a handful, and and Nick Wesselman from Active Commerce. Um, these guys really helped us, you know, going through the process of writing the book on on pointing out places that we could, uh, you know, things that we may have uh, forgotten to think about or uh, ways to explain something better. Um, they, they were all huge huge helps in making this book what it turned into or just where we were wrong. <laughs> we had a few of those moments too. And all four of those guys are MVPs. Um, so again, definitely couldn't have done it without them. I mean, you know, shout outs to camp Figgy, uh, for dependency injection stuff, uh, to Richard seal for, for some other blog posts, things that we didn't necessarily cover in depth in the book, but adding some additional uh, some additional information with blog post URLs and, and things like that. So, yeah, big shout-out to the community for um, for helping with this. Yeah, definitely. It's, uh, you know, I, I think it, as I've been doing this podcast, it's been, a, you know, it's just been amazing the, the level of commitment that everybody in the community has. And I think I had this discussion going way back with Mark Cassidy when we were talking about the, the Stack Exchange site of, you know, we technically are all working for what, what could be considered competitors. I mean, we're like different Sitecore partners or we're, we're independent Sitecore, uh, independent Sitecore professionals, you know, all kind of going after the same client base, if you will. Yet we're all willing to kind of set that aside and help each other out. Um, you know, yeah. you look at you guys, you guys are, are, you know, both with RBA consulting, but yet putting this, this information out, um, is definitely, you know, it just, it's a testament to the community. That um, despite this being a, it's, it's an, and I, I say this to other folks that may not necessarily be Sitecore developers of this isn't an open source platform. This is not um, this is not a WordPress or Drupal where 
the 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 base content management system and all the tools are open source as well. I mean, this is a this is a uh, for purchase uh, and, and not a cheap license for an end customer to buy. Yet the the level of sharing amongst everyone within the community is always it always just blows me away. Um, I've been involved with it for a number of years now, and it's just it, it's been gathering more and more steam um, as as Sitecore gains traction in the marketplace and has more people implementing their websites on it. I'm blown away at the the lengths that people will go to to help each other out, and it's a it's a great testament oh, to the community. Yeah, and and like you said, you know, although we are, you know, at the end of the day, we are technically competitors. It, it's it's shocking how little that kind of thing ever even comes up. You know, it's it's in some ways it is almost like an open source community, even though it's not an open source product or yeah. a platform that we're developing against, but. You know, that stuff just never it never comes up. We're just, you know, all individuals trying to make, you know, make the, you know, write the best software that we can and and helping each other out that way. Yeah, it's a classic kind of rising tides, lifting all boats uh, situation. And, uh, you know, I'm definitely thankful for it. Oh, absolutely. Well, I think we're coming up on time here, gentlemen. I want to, uh, again, thank you on behalf of the listeners for A, joining joining us on the podcast, but B, writing the book, I think, is, is definitely a, a needed resource. Where can, uh, you know, if people don't have a copy of it, where can they, uh, where can they get a hold of it? So we've, uh, so it's, it's available on pretty much any of the online booksellers. Um, I do have a bit.ly link that's kind of easy to remember. It's uh, bitly slash sitecore eight book. Okay. Um, so you can, you can, uh, hit that link and it'll take you to Amazon to, you know, for purchase. It is available as a ebook and as, as Kindle and kind of all of those formats and, and things like that. So that's a great, great way to, great way to, you know, get the book. Great. great. One tip is if you follow a press's Twitter feed, they often do like half off, book deals. Mm-hmm. So that could be a way to keep an eye on a deal. Otherwise you'll pay full price at Amazon. Well, it's definitely worth it. It is worth it at, at whatever price you pay. It's, um, you know, uh, again, well, we think so. Is <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's definitely a great resource. And, um, I guess where, you know, beyond that, where can people find you guys online? So I'm, I'm pretty much, uh, known everywhere as, as Longhorn Taco on, on Twitter, on Slack, uh, even on the community, uh, I'm Longhorn Taco on Stack Exchange. Uh, my blog is citizensitecore.com. Uh, so that's kind of the some of the best ways to get at me. And yeah, uh, my Twitter handle is Phil Wickland. Mm-hmm. Uh, I blog at sitecoreconfig.com. Okay. Yeah, we'll definitely get links to that in the show notes, which you can find at uh, coresampler.fm. Uh, gentlemen, thanks. Uh, thank you so, uh, so much again for joining us on the show. For those of you listening at home, definitely, if you have not checked out the book, go out and check it out. Hit up your local bookseller, and uh, we will talk to you next time. Okay. Thanks, man. Thanks. Take, talk to you later. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Core Sampler. To see show notes from this and past episodes, please visit coresampler.fm. There, you can also subscribe to this podcast to get new episodes as soon as they're released. If you liked what you heard today, please tell a friend and then go to iTunes to rate and comment on our show. Even if you're using a different app to listen to us, those ratings and reviews really do help others find us. Are you a professional working with Sitecore and interested in joining the show? Or would you like to leave some feedback directly? 
We want to hear from you. Drop us a line at info at coresampler.fm. That is all for this episode of Core Sampler. We'll see you next time.